Welcome to the OCB, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated, 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 underwritten, <laughs> underwritten. It was not written of. The actors really ad-libbed all over the place, and it was underwritten by viewers like you. It was on PBS at first. Uh, soap opera, the early odds, the OC. I'm your host, Mike, and my helpful sidekick my goon companion is the one the only ryan thank you so much uh, pbs did send me down here to do some research on two things one where we're sending our viewers money it's apparently into this podcast and not into sesame street that's still owned by hbo it's weird well i think the big ss has enough money haven't they been raking it in for years and two to uh do some research on how people feel about saying pbs because it, it doesn't sound like a good word pbs PBS. It sounds like you're about to say, or you're trying to say pubies. <laughs> pubies. An adorable word for adorable hair. I thought you were trying to be like uh, a grandma who wants to swear but not say it and gets it wrong. PBS? Like, you dragged in this PBS. You mean POS, grandma. You're do fucking you, it up. Do you mean TBS because they have the movies? They do have the movies. Or is that TNT? T- no, that's FX. FX has the movies. USA has character. Oh, characters are welcome. Characters are welcome. <laughs> they have, no, you know what? They have character. Good moral fiber over at USA. I wasn't doing a catchphrase. I was making my own observation. <laughs> they have character. Yeah, I thought we were just talking about the kind of uh, people who work at all these stations. Uh, TBS is very funny. TNT. So FX has the movies. Yeah. TBS is very funny. And TNT... Donald my. We go kaboom? We go kaboom. Yeah. And then for a while it was we go kaboom. The new one is just thunder. <laughs> I don't like that one. Uh, to be honest, I have uh, I've not watched any of these channels in at least a fort week. At least a fort week. And, and that is four years. Uh-huh. Uh, the modern thing is you just stream everything and don't do taglines. Hulu's not like, we're here too, <laughs> which is what it would be after Netflix. Uh, how about who? Who is me? Who is Lou? That I mean, that could be. They can have that one. Rolls off the tongue, right? Disney Pluses is going to be. Look at these nuts, bitches. Or Disney Plus what equals fun? Disney Plus what equals fun? No, big pause there. The new math. <laughs> Disney Plus what equals fun? Equals fun. Why everybody goes what? And all their characters, they're going to have like the who the, are not welcome. The actor or that no, they're not. They're very unwelcome, but they're there. Uh, like some sort of Kimmy Gibbler, uh, white backdrop. Real life actors and cartoons, they're going to have it spin around through the campaign. Is be like, what? The kid from Recess. What? Loki. What? That's Minnie. That's what I think we're all nervous about. Not just that something's going to challenge Netflix with this Disney Plus thing, but when do the Disney Avengers have a show? Like, are you nervous about Mickey Mouse, Snow White, the kid from Recess, Uh Loki, Luke Skywalker, and Woody from Toy Story? All being in a team together. Oh, and they have to stop this kid's older brother from doing drugs. I am terrified of that moment. My goal is to get, like, they've got so many franchises and Uh licenses, right? But my goal is to get Pop Filter up on that level before then and be bought by them. And so it's one of us is just standing there with Woody (laughs) and Loki. Just drooling. Just wait, just being like, wait, guys, finish the story. So. I can comment on it later <laughs> on my podcast. I think we'll have to kill the McElroy brothers. They might be ahead of us in line. Fuck them, dude. There's three of them. There's two of us. That's true. Do the math. Disney plus what? Us. <laughs> us. That's the second campaign. We slowly murder Mike and Ryan versus the Disney universe. They own Marvel. They should get what that means. And I mean, come on. Because it's us. It's campaign for our real friends. And 
paint can for our and paint, and you do not want a paint can. A paint can? No, that's what we do to those stupid kids in Detroit who think that they're home alone. <laughs> or I guess that's what they do to us. <laughs> uh, go over to Patreon and figure out what the fuck that means. There's a fun little blip. No, I mean, everyone remembers the very famous paint can in Home Alone. The paint can episode? You know what we should do is we should have an episode where we rank what we would like to happen to us out of everything that happened to the Wet Bandits. Oh. Because some of it is like, oh, I stepped on Jack's, which yeah. sucks. Sucks. But, but every dad goes through that. And then there's another part where Joe Pesci gets scalped <laughs> by a blowtorch. Because <laughs> uh, Kevin. I, I just don't like stuff touching my feet. I'm getting scalped <laughs> by a blowtorch. Uh, can I choose the option of watching somebody dance with silhouettes? Is that not an option? No, that didn't happen to them. You think they're the victims of that? <laughs> they, yeah, they had to see the sad kid. We, the audience, are victims of that. Because that was the happiest he's ever been in his entire life. And ever will be. And if one happens to you, are you safe from the, all the others? Because I've slipped on a fuck ton of ice. What do you think Kevin McAllister, K-Mac, K-Mackie Max, future is like? Like, wife, kids? Is he going to have a successful relationship ever in his life? Oh, you didn't see the unofficial third entry skipping the shitty movie with french stewart i uh, know there's a internet short and he's an uber driver and then he starts murdering people a la uh punisher or what's that michael douglas movie punisher 2 punisher 2 Warzone. uh yeah kevin McAllister is an uber driver who starts killing people and there's a lot it just looks like macaulay culkin but then there starts to be little hints uh his mom calls and he does not pick up and talks about an estranged relationship because she forgets him everywhere and so there's this short film, and it, it, it sounds wonderful. It's great. Uh, in the short film, is he still putting actor shave on and screaming every yeah. ten minutes or so? But that's what he does now to get pumped up before he murders. I watched a recent episode of It's Always Sunny, a show I like, that was doing a Home Alone bit and had the character who was doing the Home Alone bit put after shave on, put his hands on his cheeks, and scream. Uh huh. That is still happening to, and that like it's a good show. Yeah, that's still happening. That would be akin to like when we were kids. Uh, some Humphrey Bogart movie from 1934, like still being jokes about that in movies. Just always saying, play it again, Sam. Wow. That's Sam Waterston, not <laughs> Sam. Sam Waterston talking Bogart. to himself in the mirror. You do have a pretty good Sam Waterston. The, be- the terrible thing is that you'll never be able to do it again. Nope. Play it again, Sam. Nope. Terrible. Who was that? That was uh, Sam Waterstam Elliot. Play it again, Sam. That was actual Sam Elliott. Yeah. He just does the voice that we all think he loves, but that's his real fucking voice. He was just walking by. Do you want to know what we're talking about tonight, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I think I'm talking about it already. Tonight on the OC. All right. The liquor license of the lighthouse has been revoked the day before the grand opening because the new commish was one of Jimmy's clients. Meanwhile, Summer and Seth take it upon themselves to finally make Marissa feel more at home at Jimmy's apartment. And Luke is sad nobody wants to talk to him. And Caleb proposes to Julie all that and more on tonight's The O.C.D. To set the scene, we open on a tight shot of Marissa's face. Oh, Marissa is crying again. she is bawling. And we really hang in there. Not bawling in the type of way that Marissa typically is, which is getting them nuts. Just bawling? Yeah. Just glitzed out and balling. We all know at this point Marissa Cooper has a fear of shafts, but uh-huh. loves scrotums. So oh, yeah. usually most of the sex involves penis out, scrotum in. Do you know her favorite current HBO show? What is it, Mike? Ballers. <laughs> Worth it? How? I mean, no, but <laughs> even if you had said it correctly, no. Like, how did you stumble over that? 
All of the words have been laid out in front of you. I forgot which words I had said and which words I had not said. So tight, close up, Marissa is crying. Did this freak you out? It was like, oh, Marissa is at it again. Yeah. And then we zoom out a little and see Ryan looking very uncomfortable. And we're like, oh, yeah, Ryan, it is hard to deal with Marissa when she's crying. We zoom out a little more. Seth is also bawling. What is happening? They're at a sad movie. They're at a sad old movie. And Summer and Ryan do not cry. Summer actually cried like a normal person. She, like, wiped one eye. It got a little dusty for her. But Seth and Marissa are wet messes. There's three people who never cry. Summer, Ryan, and Summer Ryan. Man, when the sun comes out and my shades are on. (laughs) Oh, you never cry. Too happy to cry. I got a beach towel in one hand and no tears in the other. (laughs) But all the other seasons. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every other season is so sad. You're just dragging a wet towel behind you bawling because it's not summer no more. Well, winter's sad because I have no family. (laughs) Autumn's sad because all those leaves die. And then spring's sad because I have allergies. And it's the worst GD season. Really? Spring is four for you? What does spring have to offer? Uh, Pogo sticks. Wait, you can pogo stick any season. Maybe not winter. That is dangerous. Not without that spring, motherfucker. Ah, you got me again, Haley. You got me again. I did it. I'm going to put that on my checklist. So uh, this intro leads me to believe the foursome are back together. We all got hoodwinked. It's going to be a fun old episode. No, this is it. Um, The first season will never end. There isn't two episodes, three episodes left. And this foursome that we've been waiting to get back together for months now. So long. Um, this will be it forever. Uh, they're all hanging out, and they're just like whistling. We're all friends. Nothing will break us up. They're uh, whistling Dixie, though. Yeah. In the black part of Orange County, which is weird. It seems rude. Seems yeah. on purpose. Uh, Marissa says, I'm emotionally stable. They're all very like, what do you want to do? Do you want to get this kind of ice cream or this kind of ice cream? Java juice? Get the razzmatazz? And she doth protest too much. Nobody who is emotionally stable ever says the words out loud, I'm emotionally stable. But they're also a little too eggshelly around her. Yes. Yes, uh, they're a little bit, but they, the three of them, have been on an episode of The O.C. before. That's true. And she has not and never will be. <laughs> she does she not has know. No, she has no like frame of reference. So they know that, look, I know you feel okay. I know that we're overdoing it. But look, babe, we live in the Orange County. We're on The O.C. Anything could happen at any point, which at this point to us seems ridiculous because the foursome is back together. Yeah. It's fine. It's going to be a fun teen comedy show again, except... Also at the Jamba Juice trying to get his razzmatazz on is Luke. And he has gotten a uh, disguised a la Marvel Julie Cooper to meet him there because he will not stop bothering her. It's less a baseball cap and more like a blossom hat. Rejected blossom. (laughs) But still, MCU nonetheless. It's at least in the framework of this is a disguise, uh, except everybody's trying to get late night Jamba Juice. Not a euphemism. And Marissa takes off. She is no longer emotionally stable. And everybody's like, oh, fuck. And everybody involved sees it. Even the popcorn kid. Yeah. Uh, even the popcorn kid knows that, like, oh, shit. Am I, am I on the OC right oh, now? Oh, shit. Oh, this is great. Uh, so, I mean, the two biggest things are going are, of course, they're going to walk into this and the amount of pub that Razzmatazz is getting. I love Julie and Luke haven't really spoken in weeks or days or whatever. And the first thing he says, should I get your razzmatazz? It's really good. <laughs> Not since uh, I went to that roast of a particular Looney Tunes character have I seen anybody razzmatazz as much as this, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Edith Bunker. <laughs> Did you have a favorite Jamba Juice smoothie back in the day? No, I, uh, I'm i very partial to apple. Ew, just flat apple? <laughs> Crab apple? I like one flat apple, please. So they have to find a hammer and smash it down and hand it to me. I guess it's a smoothie. It's $74, but I love it. 
Mine was that's a peach hun. Thank you for asking. Now, how much? Not just at uh, Jamba Juice, or is we at Jamba Juice? Or we at Jamba Juice. Uh, but at all restaurants that celebrate wordplay, are you prone to what your taste buds like or what your stupid brain pun idiot self likes? Stupid dumb brain pun idiot can definitely trick me. I hate peaches. I'm allergic to honey, but I'm gonna, <laughs> er, I'm gonna order that, that honeyed peach smoothie every time because that's a peach hun. And I'm like, ah. You're it's like an old southern diner lady. It's as if I heard, or if I ordered the cat hair ginger drink at <laughs> a Jamba Juice. Like, don't order it, dude. I would legit drink that. That sounds delicious, and it's good for your colon. Well, cat hair, like, it really does have a lot of benefits. Yeah, I mean, just scrapes you out. There's a lot of vitamins, <laughs> especially if taken as a suppository. It really does <laughs> help you out. Uh, so there, uh, I I don't even know what context this is for, but I had to write it down. Seth and Ryan are talking to each other. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. You, as the host of this show, and uh, we all thank you for that, you're watching the show, and <laughs> you wrote something down, and you think that because you wrote it down, it's so wonderful that you're going to say this random bullshit, yeah. and I have to figure out what yep. it means and why you wrote it. For sure. Okay. Seth and Ryan are talking to each other, and Seth just looks at Ryan after a year and goes, do you work out? Uh-huh. And Atwood says, not really. Fuck Ryan for lying to his best friend like that. Because there was that one uh, episode where, where he, he worked was, out a fuck time. He was banished to the pool house and he worked out for free. Uh-huh. You can't work out for free. And Sit-ups the and model push-ups home. will never work. You do have to go pay a lot of money to a fitness regime. I think the first five episodes, there was always a Ryan working out scene to let us know, even though we don't see it for the rest of the show, that is his routine. Okay, so what makes more sense to you coming from Ryan Atwood? He thinks that he doesn't really work out because he works out constantly, and that's just the normal. Yeah, and so that's what everybody. Well, should I be never doing. put on gym clothes and go to the gym. But like, all he does is his, uh, you know, thousand push-ups a day. Yeah. So that's like me eating breakfast, as opposed to like doing actually something. Right. So like, no, not really. I just do the bare nor- minimum that everyone does. And he thinks Seth means like CrossFit. Or do you think he's being coy and saying, "What you notice? Oh, these abs. Do you need to wash something?" I think he's being coy. There's no... What about Atwood's history would make you he's believe not, that? Well, he started to be funny. Maybe he could be coy now. He's trying different wow. emotions out. <laughs> Is there an emotion of the day calendar? Yeah. And he goes, I don't even know what Anway means. Or how to say it. How do you say it? I was being Ryan, but I say it how you... Let's you say it and I'll say it and we all know how we say it. I say it in a way. I say it in a way. <laughs> anyway. Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> and she said... I don't really remember that. Mm-hmm. Luke is trying to get in touch with them to get in touch with Marissa. And they're like, fuck you, Luke. You could die until he's like, I'm moving. And this is the main emotional pull through this episode. Luke is moving with his dad. His dad and Luke are like, uh, this town doesn't like us. We're pulling out shop. Now, you have seen me go through various weekends or months where I've done enough stuff where it's time for me to move away. I uh-huh. don't, but I probably you should. should. The, and, and for Luke, it's a good decision, right? Like. It's yeah. a good decision for not just Luke, but for all of the people that also live in Orange County. Luke, Everyone's going to benefit from a Luke move. Oh, everybody's life is better if Luke goes away. Uh, for sure. Marissa's certainly. His ending of, uh, like, it's a wonderful life. It's just everybody being like, this is great and I love <laughs> my life. Uh, Luke's dad should leave because it's a closed-minded place and he won't have a good life here. And the plan is to go to Portlandia. Where even in 2003, I bet it was oh, it was the one open. city in 2003 uh, that was welcoming, and Luke 
fucked up enough, even though in high school, like, there's no way you can fuck up enough to have to leave. He kind of did. Yeah, he hit that thing. But then he says this one thing, and I think that we're going to talk about this throughout the rest of our episode, is I'm leaving. I understand. And Ryan's like, cool. I don't have to kick the shit out of you right now in my own bedroom. But I do have two demands. No, dude, this is what bank robbers right. with hostages say or people with a lot more leverage. Uh-huh. He, what he should say is, I'm leaving. Awesome. That's it. Period. Yeah. But May- I, no, they at least owe me the chance to say goodbye to both of them. And they don't. And, and nobody owes anybody anything and that, that can make you sad. And that's OK. I do think and his is permanent. But people going away for a weekend, I think planes freak humans out and they're like, I need to tell somebody I'm in love with them before I hop on an airplane. Yes. So, ah, something might happen. And I think it turns all of our lizard brains on and just pushes you. Because Luke, in true OC fashion, knows that he's leaving, and that's the right choice. Thinks that he has the right to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I can see that you, you might think that you have that choice. But what he really wants, in true OC fashion, is for both for Marissa to say, I forgive you, right. and I still love you. And then Julie to say, I... I, I don't forgive you at all. I just love you. That's right. bone. That's still in the back of his yes. head because that's how TV characters He's work. He's a big old monkey boy. TV characters only. Not us at all. TV characters only. Who is that? Is that UPN? Tiki characters? T- <laughs> tiki characters only is like Channel 57. Or those flowers that sing to you at Disneyland. Tiki characters only. When we come back, we're going to find out what's going on with the adults in the room. Mike! Ryan, when we get to the adults in the kitchen, Sandy is harriedly, because of those eyebrows, and harriedly because he's nervous reading the newspaper. Now, someone's in the kitchen with the adults. Dinah? Is it Dinah? It might be Dinah. No, it's the newspaper. You said it was the newspaper. The newspaper's in the kitchen kitchen with with the adults. adults. Newspaper is a thing I know. You remember from the past? And uh, Kirsten just like, it's a fun episode. Have you heard, Sandy? Everybody's got a good mood. She is so, like, not Valentine's Day excited. Because no. the level of excitement that she has in Valentine's Day is brings pressure with it. You mm-hmm. know, like, she's very happy. But she's happy, like, if you let her down, she will explode into other drama. She feels like, I'm ready for one single fucking normal yeah. day in my life. And he is furiously reading the newspaper. He's very nervous because they're doing a friends and family soft open that evening. And the grand opening the next night. And based on the robe he's wearing and the lack of Viagra, there's a couple of soft opens going on, if you know what I mean. Ooh, he got that male labia. I'm just kidding. Sandy has a rock-hard penis at all times. Always. That doesn't wait. He shouldn't be a good character then. That's bad. Uh, Jimmy comes in. I do like he is now the Kimmy Gibbler. He does just stroll in. He doesn't knock no more. The Jimmy Gibbler. Uh, Jimmy and Sandy have a very overly complicated handshake that's like, oh, you're both dads. You dad-ass dads. And Haley lives there? Does Haley live with the Coens right now? I Like, I, she doesn't have a bed. Don't think about yeah. where Haley lives. She's the most Kimmy Gibbler. And uh-huh. that, like, we never saw Kimmy Gibbler's house. Yeah. Haley's just I assume just a houseboat. Yeah. <laughs> Kimmy Gibbler that lives above in the Alcatraz. House. Uh, Haley walks in in some tight-ass dress and says, is this okay? Or is it putting the hoe in Hostess? Which, all right, Haley, you're trying to get in with that Cohen vibe. It's not, look, it's not Seth and Ryan banter. No. But, yeah, she is trying to, like, shit. Do you know how much pressure is on you when you walk into the Cohen kitchen at, like in the morning? Uh-huh. You better have the banter Ooh. ready. And she, so she's attempting. That was her third choice. She had uh-huh. a bunch of scribble down. She's like, okay, okay. Slut and slutter. That's not even part of it. 
Do I do the lines like a line cook? Okay, we don't want to bring up that I did recently do coke in L.A. Does this uh, is this Haley's comment or Haley's vomit because you don't like my dress? All right, that's it's okay. <sighs> Just written in lipstick on the mirror. Stop. Buy a notepad, <laughs> Buy Haley. a goddamn notepad. So does that mean when she's the hostess and she's like, oh, party of three, she has to run to the female bathroom and write with female lipstick all over the female mirror? <laughs> I don't like how many times this you is say, how I talk. Is this a new fucking Reddit incel podcast? Yes. Say female one more time. I dare you. Uh, and so that's they're they're all excited. Sandy's a little bummed. He's like, "Oh, what's gonna happen?" But then uh, Haley and Jimmy leave, and then Sandy is like, "And now I will look at my mail." And in that mail, and uh, you mean actual mail, not the opposite of female. No. <laughs> now I look at my mail and just looks down at that always perma rock hard dick. Their liquor license has been revoked. And of course it has. This is the main thrust for the adults. Uh, oh, this is bad, but we can fix it. Except, Ryan, they cannot fix it. There has to be, though. Like, It can't just be random drama, Mike. This has to uh, return to our past and our characters. Uh-huh. And it does. How does it do that? Well, somebody named Peter Johnson which is two names for a penis, Yeah, uh, walks in and says, hey, Sandy, I'm the guy from the board. I'm the guy who figures things out legislatively. Legislatively. Or, or whatever. Gubernatorially. And uh, you can't get your liquor license because the person in charge of that was a former judge who Jimmy fucked through all of his fuckery. Who had to come out of retirement because Jimmy made him so poor. Now, I've got a couple questions, and I know these questions are different than they were in 2004. Uh-huh. But one... I get it, man. Like, if you made me come out of retirement, I would want to fuck you yeah. upwards and downwards with my constantly rock-hard robe dick. But two, aren't there laws and right. rules? Isn't that the opposite of bribery? Don't you have to? Yes, exactly. It's the exact What's reverse same bribery? Thing. You have to say, oh, this is good. Oh, this is not. Based on a set of rules You're that you judge. did not create. We didn't know judges were allowed to just scream out like beer yet. We thought you had to be like clear and present danger. You had to be there and have a just ruling. Between Kavanaugh and Serial Season 3, I'm pretty sure that there just are no rules and you get to be a judge to just fucking do whatever the fuck you want. And there was hints of that in The Wire. And I know we're here to talk about The OC, not The Wire. Mm. But there's that friendly... We're always here to talk about The Wire. There's that friendly judge that McNulty would be like, well, I need to do a thing. I'm going to call my buddy. He'd be like, mm, oh. okay, McNulty, whatever you need. Fuck, did I tell you I watched Black Klansman? No. In like the third scene of Black Klansman, Clay Davis it, it plays somebody in that Shit. thing. And uh, the main ca- they're interviewing the main character. And the main character says something that the actor who played Clay Davis doesn't like. And he goes, she. And the person that is co-interviewing the main character touches him on the arm. <laughs> like, please stop doing that. <laughs> None of that was scripted. That had to be the 50th take. You don't think Spike like, Lee went out to get the she-it guy? No. He was like, just say shit like a normal person. Just be like, shit? And he just couldn't. <laughs> No, nah. if you cast the actor that played Clay Davis, you then grab the script and you do a control F, find shit, and replace them with anything else. <laughs> don't Popcorn! Do I don't care, but don't have shit in there. Don't have shit in that script. But yes, I, I, I think that this is illegal, but Sandy doesn't fight it in the legal way. No. He fights it in the moral way. Uh, right. Well, I won't kick Jimmy off my team. And the, So maybe this is why I'm worse than Sandy, and I know... You were born that. worse, you will we die worse. We have the worse. same eyebrows, but that does not mean we're the same moral fabric. You don't have them in the same places, but you have the same eyebrows. Yeah, mine are like on my cheek uh-huh. and my weenus. Uh, I would be like, hey, for right now, we're still partners. 
Your name's going to not be on this. Yes, that is also a good plan. Just do it. You could hire Jimmy with the same job that Haley wants. Uh-huh. The hostess? The hostess with the mostess. Uh, and and then, she got that mostess. But he has all the same responsibilities right. and is still making probably the same amount of money. Just get his fucking name off that. There's so much wrong with the lighthouse plot. That judge is not the only person who hates. Also, doesn't Jimmy need to pay everybody back? <laughs> no, he was just like, sorry, he, yeah, look he, at me, I'm Hercules. He screamed, I'm sorry. <laughs> he reminded everyone of Hercules, and now he's fine. I have a daughter. And Admit, he uh, embezzled a bunch of money from all of his clients. Uh-huh. This one client, he embezzled $250,000 from. He had multiple clients, Mike. Oh, yeah. He stole like $25 million. But they're just like, but Jimmy's one of us. Because that one horse had, what's that, hair loss disease? Alopecia. Alopecia. That one horse had alopecia. He needed $25 million. Well, alopecia is a very expensive. Do you know how many fucking bowls of candy beans you have to rebuy because of alopecia? Go get Peter Gallagher. Put some of those eyebrows on that horse and you're doing fine. He is a one-man alopecia cure, right? Yes. The anti-alopecia. Just in a room with somebody with alopecia, they start sprouting around Gallagher. One kiss from Gallagher and you got watermelon all over you, baby. (laughs) What are we talking about? Is that what he used to say? So... This is not a normal award, but this is have another one Newport because Newport is alcoholics and Sandy calls them out because he, him and Kirsten are talking about it and she's like, well, can it still work? Like the lighthouse is going to be some coffee shop. Do you think Newport is different than any other city in America? No, this- America, where you have a booze problem, my friend. But Sandy says, without a liquor license, there's no way this place can turn a profit. Everybody in Newport is borderline alcoholic. Yes. But it works both ways though because not only do people need those drinks when they go get those foods but also the markup is how restaurants stay in existence right you know like you're making that 20 dollars chicken for 18 bucks when you figure out all of the stuff but you are charging uh 20 you know for seven dollars or 25 cents yeah. you of buy liquor. a you, you buy a 10 dollar bottle of seagram's but then each one of those fucking drinks is 14 dollars. yeah i mean you're going out there and you're like hey what's up blimp why don't you uh pour one droplet of stuff into my restaurant, and I'm going to charge $30,000 for a, a, a droplet of blimp liquor. I would drink the shit out of some blimp liquor. Now, you've never had blimp liquor. I've never had blimp liquor. I, we're not in that tax bracket no, yet. No, I would have to be away. a much fatter cat to if, drink some blimp liquor. If, if we get three more Patreon subscribers, we will be in blimp liquor tax bracket. Go to patreon.com slash filter. Please, just three of you. Blimp do liquor. It. Get us to the blimp liquor, and then we will... Post a video of us drinking liquor from a blimp. Three more subscribers. Let's make it happen, guys. And I know you're tired of hearing about uh, blimp liquor. Blimp liquor! From every rapper who starts one line with lint liquor and then has to rhyme it with something. It's Mama liquor. call me lint liquor. Now I'm a blimp liquor. Nobody saw that I to get this hard. I love how it's not his like rapper you know, enemies. It's his mother yeah. who oh. busted into his room and was like, you're a lint licker. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah? One day I'll be a drinker of blimp liquor. Moms are mean these days. You ever notice that moms, they're always coming into your room and they're like, pick up this laundry, Michael. <laughs> no, mom. You pick up this laundry. What about you? But she did it, though. She did it for 24 years. Yeah. And then five more. And then Kirsten says, what if you talk to my dad? We have to take a break. Ryan? Yeah. So the boys have a problem, and Kiki's going to fix it, because that's what Kiki's do. She says, you're going to hate it. Talk to my dad. Do you believe now, though, that Kirsten is saying, this is the only way out? 
even though he's awful, as opposed to how she usually you <clears throat> usually used to say, which is, "Oh, this would be a wonderful bonding experience with right. a great old man." Now she's saying, "Oh, I well, know he's evil, but she, still you gotta." She knows about the Uncle Sean secret, uh-huh. so it's yeah. She no longer says you should bond. She just goes. I mean, you know the shady shit he does. He'll do it. I also think when you're Kiki, every problem looks like a hammer. You want to get hammered and your dad's the nail? Like, <laughs> That's gross. I've for, never said anything For like all that. the shit that Haley sucks, what she throws at Kiki is true. She always looks to her dad first to solve problems, and that is a Kiki issue. Okay, but can we jump a little bit to the very end mm-hmm. where Caleb goes and tries? Jimmy tries. says... Um, Jimmy learns about it, and then he's like, well, then I have to step down. Kick me out. And this is my San- Sandy Wisdom, because... It's my Sandy Wisdom! What? I don't think Sandy Wisdom comes... It, like, it has to be said as Sandy. And Sandy says, when Jimmy suggests this, is, um, like, I either... Ha- I had to go to Caleb. I had no choice. Right. And then Jimmy says, well, you could have asked me to step down. And then Sandy says, as the best friend ever, to the person who kissed his Fucking wife. Fucking wife. Like I said, I, I had didn't no have a choice. Oh, yes. That is fucking Sandy wisdom. Because even though his business is in ruins, and even though he's he's about to lose a ton of money, and even though he should have bailed on Jimmy long so ago. So long ago. Sandy sets his own goals yeah. and ethics, and he said, much like he did to in the last episode or two episodes ago, um, you know, what do you think about Jimmy now? He went to go save your stripper daughter. Uh-huh. He makes sure that he phrases these things perfectly. Mm-hmm. See, he's graduated to the legal pad. He doesn't need a mirror covered in things. How many ways can I tell Jimmy, even though he's a fuck-up, I'm not bailing on him? I would love a little bit of Sandy wisdom where he introduces Haley to legal pads. Yeah. That might be okay. Girl, stop writing on my goddamn mirrors. Well, I don't know if he has to write it like a boys to men song, but <laughs> Girl, I've been walking around my mansion that you've been sleeping in for free. And I got to say, every fucking reflective surface is covered in your female lipstick. And I'm getting real sick of it. <laughs> Went a little voice to Elvis there at the end. <laughs> so that's him with Cal. Cal also, who knows how hard Cal actually tried. Because a perfect Cal quote, I think now I want a t-shirt with his face on it with this under is, one man's misfortune is another man's fortune. And he's like, you know, they say, and they, who says that? And he's like, well, I do. It's not a saying. You're a bastard. I'm trying to realize if I have seen all these episodes and I know what's up. Or if I clearly know what's up just by watching Cal. Uh-huh. But he comes into the restaurant when he failed trying to get a second chance with that judge. Uh, and he's cackling. He's on a horse. He shoots, <laughs> he shoots six shooters into the air. Um, and he is going to offer our two boys millions of dollars. Millions. And what it, the episode wants us to make us think is that like, it's just to get Marissa to move in with him. Right. Because we'll get to that part later. But no. How can you have Ke- Caleb, Caleb, Kale, come into your restaurant and say, uh, ha, 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 boys, this didn't work, but I'll still pay you millions of dollars, and think, oh, this is all on the up and up. Yeah, this nobody totally goes, fine. wait. Come on. They Sandy, just trust him. I get Jimmy, because Jimmy's got Jimmy a Jimmy. Dumb. Jimmy got a Jimmy. But Sandy, come on, dude. Caleb wants to spend all these millions of dollars on your restaurant, and you don't think that there may be... Thanos-like motives here? Especially, we didn't even talk about when Sandy does, uh, it's him and Cal, and he's like, I need to ask you a favor. Cal says, what? And then he doesn't even let Sandy respond. He goes, I heard what you said. I'm just going to need you to say that again. To be fair, Sandy did that two episodes ago. Oh, so he's just so delighted he gets to repeat it? 
and this is their relationship until he fucking dies. So I just I want to embrace that with somebody then. Like, what's worse than friend of me? You have to be around each other, but you get to just take digs. And a friend. And a friend. I want an and a friend. That feels like some sort of milkshake you have to drink so your foot doesn't fall off. An and a friend. Yeah. Doctor said two and a friends a day, or my foot falls off. Look, bitch. Doctor said. <laughs> Who am I talking to there? <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> My mom was like, clean your room. And I go, doctor said, drink an Anna shake. 14 years old, covered in shake. Covered in weird neon blue shake. So like, got to drink another Anna friend. <laughs> I think he has an Anna friend problem. I'm not even saying that your mom is your Anna friend. I'm just saying you have one, and your mom just deals with the fact that you're covered in blue goo all the time. Uh, am I my Anna friend? Oh, shit. <laughs> I am my own worst Anna friend. <laughs> that song is lit. Uh... So the lighthouse is is bumping. Everybody's there now for the friends and family opening, and because it's friends and family, you're allowed to serve booze because nobody's complaining about a lack of booze. You're allowed to serve booze, and you're allowed to know everyone there yeah. and do whatever you want, make any announcement, react in any way possible. Uh, what I do love is while they're all there, the Haley and Kiki bonding over just talking shit on Caleb and Julie. I could have done for 20 more minutes of just them catting out. We do have to say, though, before this stuff happens, that we do get a patented uh, loud music oneer, uh-huh. like the party oneer that we got that like, I think first started at the casino. Uh-huh. Uh, we get one of those traveling through the restaurant, loud music, loud drums, while like we drop in on little conversations right. throughout. And just, how's this person? How's this person? And Kiki- all this is is set up for the third act. Like, right. you know, I find that this person's disgusting, and I might punch them and then move on Here's right to the next person. Here's where I am emotionally right now. Uh, Seth and Summer just want to get out of here to go fix Marissa's room. We'll talk about have no idea how to do like uh, military Navy SEAL sign language no. to each other, which is adorable. Seth's just getting weirder. Uh, Kiki asks how Haley's romantic life is doing, and then she goes, you know me not much, but then just drool, like the mask cartoon, like wolf, bum 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 hearts drooling at Jimmy. And Kiki's like, what, what, what? They're fucking. Now, she puts it together. I have done this to you. Have you done this to anybody before? What do you mean? Just like sat back and watched somebody look at or talk about somebody else and just. Oh, go, for oh, like, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Right. That, 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 that's all good. I'm dumb for not even putting it together before this second right. I here. didn't want to say that because Kiki is the heart and soul and brains and cowardice of the show. But she figures it out right there at uh-huh. a perfect point because and I don't even think I think Haley does a good job or the actress Aunt Amanda Rigetti does a good job of like selling it sort uh-huh. of. Um, but yeah, uh, I love that moment where you're like, you can't, like, where it all comes together, the whole end of Usual Suspects, and you're like, oh my god, it all makes sense. Right. You're in love, and you realize before you are told. Because her, you know me, not much, she does sell. I don't think she's even trying to be coy, but it's the the gazing at Jimmy across the room right after that, and Kiki's just like, (gasps) and they're both looking at their boys. And Kirsten at Sandy and Jimmy, and Kirsten's used to that look, you know, Mm -hmm. Sandy. You look at Sandy like that a lot in your life, but is, seeing that look in Haley's eyes. is Haley looking at Jimmy the same way I used to look at Sandy until I got bored? Well, that's the opposite of what you just said, and we'll talk about that later. Maybe are you bored with Sandy Ryan? I'm bored with you. I'm trying to say about you. But anyway, oh. you have done this this thing multiple times in your past. Looked at people? No, uh, yeah, and I don't like that. that I, I look at people. Like, eye contact with me. Head down with everybody else. Uh, do you have? You don't have to name names, but can you can you dig into specifics? Yeah, I've got two or three. Let's let them rip. <laughs> you said no names, but let them. Let, you can talk about the the area. 
the area? You can talk boobs? About, no. <laughs> That's what you were mostly looking at. You can talk about the, the situation. Uh, situation, there's been a couple times at, there's been one time I can remember at a party, although I don't remember if she was there, because when I'm with you at a party, no one else is there. And then there was one time when you were regaling me about the night before. And I think that you have this thing, I might have it too, where you try to fight it. You try to like, mm. you know, uh, girls fall in love with me. But that's not something that I do in return. <laughs> I just let that let it happen. But you will start to uh, fawn. You will start to go into this weird sort of vocab that I've never heard from you, <laughs> as if you are half um, Cupid, half Kaiser Soze, which is very strange. So it's my face does it even if they're not there. Haley was staring at Jimmy, but you're saying you've seen me do this without the person present. Sure, yeah. It's just like take all of the – and I don't think that people do this very often, but take a deep breath, forget about – whatever you're thinking about, and mm-hmm. just watch this one person. And then also there are signs. And if you talk differently uh-huh. at all, I will notice. And right. I've, I've heard when all of a sudden you went from, um, this person's cool because uh, they delivered my mail to... I love my mailman. You know, I saw my mailman. And then you just go from there. I'm also I'm often winded. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> always sound like you were just running even though you've never ran. The lighthouse comes to a head because Cal decides, hey, my son-in-law and his best friend are opening a restaurant. I need attention, please. Attention, please. And he does the ding, and everybody's like, oh, is he going to be like, good job, boys? No, he, he goes, I'm very proud of this restaurant and Julie Cooper. And everyone's like, what the fuck does that mean? There's two things in this episode that prove why I love this episode. I'll get to the other one later. But the first one is uh, it cuts to Jimmy and Kirsten. Uh-huh. When he brings up uh, Julie, it when Caleb brings up Julie in his ding, ding, ding. And already, they have no idea that he's about to propose. But they're already like, are you fucking, fucking kidding me? me? And they're put perfectly in the background. Uh-huh. So you can see it if you notice. Uh, and then, yeah, he gets down on one knee. And everybody looks shocked. Yeah, we cut around to more. We see Caters more. Caters are like. <gasps> <laughs> because Kirsten's right. OC, uh, Orange County's over. Like, these are the two worst... Like, people react as if the uh, the key master and the gatekeeper are uh-huh. finally coming together and ruining New York. Just about to ruin it. Everybody knows what it means this time. Uh, and Luke has burst in drunk, and we'll talk about why. Uh, and he looks upset. Beer. Everybody looks so distraught. Why? It's beer. Uh, but everybody's going through their own thing right now. Marissa has been like, I should tell Caleb what my mom's like, uh, and has not told her, Caleb, what her mom is like. Uh, everybody's flipping out, and it's it's delicious, and it's this fat emerald. Julie uh, which gets it, it on and turns to Kiki, which I do think is like legit endearing, because I think in Julie's mind, her and Kirsten are best friends. Yeah. Uh, and goes, Kiki, look! And now she's fully comfortable with calling her Kiki. But I think, I mean, I do believe it's genuine, but when she turns around, she's talking to her best friend, forgetting entirely about the fact that it's, her father right. in front of her, you know, like no I, context for th- Julie. Yeah, none of that. Or that her ex-husband is here and it's his event. I also love <laughs> like uh, the fact that like if this was a normal show, it would be sweeping and romantic, and it would just be on their faces. Uh-huh. But that's not how the OC does. No. We show all of their the audiences shocked, disgusted faces at this travesty that's about to go down. So that's all the adult drama. We're gonna take a light breather and talk about. The joyful sitcom that Seth and Summer get to live in in this fucking episode. Oh, what a nice reprise. Reprise. Reprise? Reprise. We're not doing it again slower. Febreze? Febreze. Yeah. 
Ryan? Don't say my... Just start off any segment without saying my name. What is the name of the main character? Do that. Seth. How dare you? Ryan. You don't believe that. Is not in the portion of the show we're talking about right now. Okay, good. Good. Good hosting. Uh, Summer and Marissa, who... The longer the show goes on, do not get enough one-on-one time, even though they're besties, uh, are talking. Marissa's obviously upset, and Summer's talking to her about what she should do. Summer, like the audience, is surprised to find out Marissa has a bedroom at Jimmy's house because we've only seen her on the couch with all her shit around her, but it's surrounded in boxes. And Summer, proving yet again she is the best person on this show and in this town. Careful, Kirsten. Decides. Well, we've also talked about how Summer is Kirsten Jr. She's mm. just the young version of that. Productive. Uh, Marissa's going to go out on the town and do something, and Summer's like, I'll stay here because my stepmom sucks right now. That's the kind of friend that Summer is, is that Marissa says her typical Marissa thing of, like, um, I was going to go get my nails done and then just uh, body surf across Chinatown. And Summer's like, all right. And then Summer puts her hands to her face and looks at this disgusting room and starts making plans. Yes. Do you think that is earned in the first 20 episodes? That summer would start to be like, this is bullshit. She does say, your tanks are touching your sweaters. Yeah, oh yeah, that, your t-shirts are touching your sweaters. Which gross, like she's about to barf. Yes. Um, and I buy that. But the fact that summer would dedicate this much time, is that earned? Or is this one of those things where we have to leap over so that summer can earn from here on out? The unearned is how good she is at power tools. But I think she loves old people and does the candy striper thing. She does care about Coop a lot. I, I think in, in fits and starts, we've learned Summer actually is a very caring person and has tried to, her whole life to hide that. We went through the Seder. I, I believe you. Yeah. I believe you. I, I, I think Wonder Woman, that whole thing was very thoughtful. And it's nice for it to not be about a wiener. About yeah. to be like her bestest best. She does it for a non-wiener, whatever you call that. Um, a female. And she pulls, ugh, she pulls in uh, Seth to help her, which is adorable. And then just a lot of light homophobia. Yes. Just the lightest of homophobia throughout this Let's section. get there, Mike, because we used to have an award that we give out. We give out regular awards every week, and one of them was minty or mint tea. Mm-hmm. And then we figured out what minty meant. And minty meant, oh, that's a little gay. Uh-huh. Seth would say, that's a little gay about anything uh, that he thought was gay. And not but, positively, which is how no. we use it now. Right. It wasn't like, oh, my God, your ensemble is working great. That is minty. It was like, oh, that's... I'm a homophobe, and you are being girly. Seth is put to the cross fence. He's put. To, he's just put to that cross fence on this one from right from the get go. Like he cries in a French movie. Uh-huh. He walks in on Ryan changing, and then everyone freaks out. Does he? I see. I thought that was just a thing Summer said. Well, Ryan keeps bringing it up. So Ryan is also being homophobic. Yeah, everyone in this episode. Uh, oh, because that's when he asks it. Do you work out? Right. That's where that comes from. And Ryan keeps. It going like he keeps the bit going. So I'm gonna go with something else. I'm gonna go with a different award than minty or mint tea because neither one of us eat or drink mint tea. I eat, drink, and sleep mint tea. But we do eat stew. Right? Keep talking. We eat stew daily. Okay, so we have one meal of stew a day, and I don't think that's weird. Is that fucking weird? It's not breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It's breakfast, lunch, stew, dinner. Yes. So I'm going to go minty more, as in, like, you need more of these gay jokes, or dinty more. You would rather be covered in a bunch of dinty more stew than hear another homophobic joke in this episode. I think this is dinty more. This is dinty more. And because Summer, who we now love and is our favorite character, was the one flinging them. 
flinging and zinging is summer. And summer does a good job because we reach the moment where summer pulls up a yearbook and finds out that oh, Seth fuck. had a lot of clubs by himself. Seth solo sailing, and he sadly holding. What's funny is Seth in the past also knew how sad all these pictures were. He's holding a sailboat is the sailing club. That solo looks very sad. Comic book club holding a bunch of comics. He's, he's holding like three or four more comic books than any one person should hold just to make sure it looks so lonely. And then film preservation where he's like just covered in reel to reel. And once we hit film preservation, do you now know who like what character Seth is based on? No. Besides Josh Schwartz? Quentin Tarantino. Nope. Who? It's Max Fisher. Oh. The loud, brash, proud of his nerdiness until you bring it up in such a certain way. I mean, the start of Rushmore is paging through the yearbook, uh-huh. and Max Fisher is by himself in so many pictures. And and what this did is remind us, because we're, we're very rough on Seth, and I bet we think we never were back then, but Seth isn't great even to us in 2003 standards. But this is reminding us, before Ryan showed up, Seth was alone in the world. And maybe he sort of sucks because nobody except his parents has ever been nice to him before this year. Uh-huh. That is hard. I that, would also be a prick. That happens. We all have known homeschooled kids. So, uh-huh. yes, that does happen. But when Summer or when Seth can't do the manly stuff, Summer gives him shit. And it does oh. get homophobic. She's, she, she says, you don't like hardware stores. You cry at chick flicks. And next thing I know, you're going to tell me you walk in on Ryan changing. And then she just waggles her eyebrows like she's some sort of Sandy Cohen. Yeah, she said, I bet you rent Brokeback Mountain and suck dude's jizz all night. That I mean, that's a weird summer line. Weird summer line. Weird that the censors just let it happen. But once she finds out that it's not like she once she moves away from manliness and into loneliness. Right. Then she like there's a manliness is loneliness and loneliness is godliness. She moves into God is ugly, just like Seth. She moves into an actual conversation about like uh, oh, did I treat you that bad? Well, you, it, I mean, you would have if you knew about me at all. That's not right. homophobic. Yeah, you didn't even talk to me. Right. Uh, but there's no, there's nothing gay going on. No, there's nothing gay going on, and there's no homophobia. And we do reach a conclusion where when they're redoing the thing, Summer did all the manly stuff. Uh-huh. Seth did all the painting. Yeah. We are all equal, and everything's okay. And they all poke fun that Seth painted this Eiffel Tower. Or no, they're making fun about something else. And he's like, but I painted that Eiffel Tower. Like, now it's... Look, I can do things. And I have far, value, goddammit. As far as I know, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but as far as I know, they painted a, an entire wall like Paris, and the whole thing was French-designed because they saw Marissa cry at a French movie one time not 45 minutes ago. I was wondering. I was like, have I not been paying attention no, that Marissa she has never brought Paris? it up. Have you ever done the thing where you accidentally mentioned one thing that you like, and that's your next 10 years of Christmas presents? Grandma, I don't like Heathcliff that much. I'm sorry. I got to stop giving me Heathcliff t-shirts and socks. I love how you were like, oh, I love Garfield. Grandma can't afford Garfield. <laughs> I should tell her that I love Heathcliff. And honestly, Ryan, I'm it from Wuthering Heights. Uh-huh. But she didn't know that. Didn't know that. So every time uh, you got a shirt from her, you did the same thing that you did with your toffee bar, and you didn't know whether or not you were going to eat it next week. Exactly. You put it on that Heathcliff hanger. The Heathcliff hanger. Uh, yeah, I'm that, glad we. That was a lot of work. <laughs> we 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 fucking fucking oh, bought man. a JetBlue ticket, packed our suitcases, and went on that trip together. There are so many people that I want to thank for the Heathcliff hanger. I mean, like, there's no way that I could have accomplished that without, of course, the OC. So Josh Schwartz, this award goes out to you, and also 
my God above, Heathcliff. I pray to Heathcliff every single night. I almost said Godfield. Godfield is a better God than Heathcliff. Uh, and that's Seth and Summer. I mean, there's some adorable wordplay. There's the stud finder that every sitcom ever has to make at some point. But here, do this. Every time that uh, you've got a A plus and an A minus plot, mm-hmm. throw the B plot to a relationship that needs a little more of yeah. our attention. That's what I really like about Remind it. Remind us of that diner scene. Yeah. They, why, why are they together? They had an adorable day or two. And he whines, but that he knows that's his role. He loves that he's helping Marissa. And that there are little hints, and it's only little hints, that Seth does care about Marissa. Absolutely. Uh, and it's not just proximity relationship. Mm-mm. And that they share smiles that like really warm my heart. And the show should do it more. It's not going to ever. Because, I mean, uh, Seth says, Summer never noticed me. So when Marissa says, I didn't think he can get any weirder, that is noticing. She noticed. And then when she comes And she's the one who made real fucking... <laughs> Bad gay jokes at all the time. And then when Marissa comes and sees her room, she grabs Seth first. Yeah. Like, rubs his shoulders. And that's so awesome. Now we're a full right. foursome, you know? It's- like, there's a complete relationship all the way around. And then a great summer joke is, uh, and it's not great in real jokes or in summer or Seth Ryan jokes, but she says, the tool doesn't know about tools. That's great for summer. Well, after all of our stud jokes, do you think that in a foursome like this, that Marissa and Seth, the fact that they won't go get lunch, does that lessen it at all? Or maybe not all four need to be equal, but all four need to be a team. All four don't need to be equal, but yeah, as a foursome, they're there. And then all of them trying to pack into that double bed is just somebody sit on the floor. There's no uh, way that after this episode, I'm thinking that if Marissa finds out that Seth is hanging out, she's rolling her eyes. No, she's into it. And I think it's just maybe because they're in high school that the two of them wouldn't be like, let's you and me get to know each other. In college, they're like, why not? Let's become actual friends. Let's 69 real quick. We're in OC college. OC the college years. They grab a fucking bite. They grab a Reuben and they 69 in that order. So it's just vinegary. And why is Zach Morris always watching from the closet? He goes, wait, and freezes in. It's gross for everybody. Wait, is that that big fat thin woman? <laughs> and so that is the Ballad of Seth and Summer. When we come back, let's dig into Luke. Now, I know I said we'd be talking about Luke, but I feel like we need to really dig into... Oh, my God, the kiss. They right and Marissa kiss. And if I know nothing, and if I know anything about TV and the OC, this is finally the time that they will last forever, ever. I remember forever, ever. I remember being lied to by my best friend saying they would never get back together except for some sleepover in a tent in a mall. Okay. Let's not hold. First of all, let's not talk shit on the mall episode. Second of all, uh, I didn't say that they wouldn't get back together. They're going to get back together multiple times. I don't think they ever fuck. Oh, I think they the literally mall. never have sex to the mall <laughs> <laughs> while praying the, to the mall. Okay, because yeah, not only do they kiss that first time, they kiss to the window, to the mall, <laughs> to, to the, the sweat drips off the balls, balls inside of Marissa. She only likes the balls. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I love a good science. Ew. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They cuddle. It's adorable. They're making out until Cal shows up. He's sitting there on the couch. She's behind the couch. He grabs her and pulls her onto the couch, and they start kissing. Mike, this feels romantic as shit. That's a comfortable move. You don't do that with somebody you're unsure of. Are we led to believe while they're making out on the couch, Seth and Summer upstairs hammering away? That's a good question. A better question is... And also painting? When Caleb comes over... Uh, Caleb brings the doorbell, and Ryan says, is that your dad? <laughs> Does he think Jimmy's such a dunce that he has to ring his own doorbell? I mean, I know Jimmy's got a Jimmy, but 
do you think that Jimmy knocks, rings the doorbell, looks under the welcome mat, and then screams Wilma every time he comes home? Yes, because he's a fucking idiot. That's how much Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Is that your dad? Is that your dad? Does Ryan's got a Ryan? Ryan's also sort of a Jimmy here? I guess. So, Cal comes in while they're making out. Rude. Uh... And said, he tries to just talk to Marissa, which is weird because I don't know if they've ever spoken before. Uh-huh. And Ryan's like, no. And Marissa's like, Ryan and I don't have secrets, which is also a weird thing to say. And the weirdest part is that uh, Cal brings in, it's not just Cal, but it's also uh, somebody Cal hired in a full red jumpsuit, big gold necklace with a beatbox on his shoulder with a, like, there's a beat going. Uh-huh. And then uh, he starts off, my name is Cal and I'm here to say, and then he sees Ryan. And then he cannot rap anymore. So embarrassed. All of a sudden, Mom's spaghetti starts churning his tum tum. Nana's meatloaf, <laughs> just grinding up in there. All of the old lady's foods are up <laughs> in there. Uh, and then so he says, "I want to marry your mom. Please say it's okay." And Ryan's like, "Maybe give Marissa some time. This is a big deal." And he said, "I'm here for your blessing." His first reaction is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Because he like he will take a pill. That will make him not a villain, but the pill lasts four minutes. And then all of a sudden, he's back to just like, he puts a metal mask on his face. He's like, it's impossible. I go to rule the world tonight. Cal and Calbots will take over Orange County. Does, so he doesn't want her blessing. He just wants to bend her to his will? Well, I think that what he does, I think there's a lot of people who are like this. Uh, It would be great if you said cool, and then when they don't, fuck you forever, and I will destroy you through violence or blackmail. And if you're asking somebody's parents... That is how you should do it. Mm-hmm. But not a kid. <laughs> because hopefully at the point that you're trying to marry someone and you go to ask for their blessing, you can get the, you can beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Only ask dads for blessings that you can just fucking break yeah. their stupid So if hips. you meet the dad and you say, can I marry her? And he goes, no. Go to the gym for like six to 12 months and then come back and be like, now can I, Peter? And not only are you that much buffer, but they're that much older. Yeah. Those hips are that much more ready to break. Six months isn't a long time to us, but for them it is half a life mm-hmm. left. He's going to die soon. That Peter, going to die. Also, that Caleb. You gonna die? He's gonna die soon. <gasps> Exciting. It is. Marissa, if my mom marries him, she'll be the most powerful woman in Newport. And Ryan says, Not if you tell Cal what happened. Not. Hold on, Marissa. That's a fucking <laughs> yeah. insane thing to say. <laughs> Not what the fuck does that mean? Here's my comic book connection. <laughs> that is straight out of a comic book, Marissa. What are you talking about? What? Does it like Queen Noopsie? <laughs> She'll plan all the brunches and spa routines. Oh, man. Do you remember that part in the wedding in an episode or two where just yellow power comes from her hands and she floats above the air? Now is the time. Uh, so, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, and so the whole episode, they're like, don't do this show like you're a fucking hack stand up. <laughs> that's crazy. What do you guys think of that? What else is in the uh, news? Let me check my what notes. Else is in the let news? me check my notes. Mm, no, that one's Trump's not Trump's president. Yet. You guys haven't earned that one yet. Mm, <laughs> Save that, that for a over. good audience. <clears throat> Unicycles, right? Moving on. Luke tells Ryan he's in love with Julie and then flips out when Ryan's like, Maybe just write her a letter. What Luke is your... can't write. Okay, so are we on full Luke now? Let's. Yeah, we, we've done the Ryan and Marissa. Isn't it cute that they make out? And oh. what a monster cat is. Hold on, I've been uh, I've been ready for all the characters, but I gotta get Luke looped up. I gotta get lukewarm. Um, what is your favorite Luke freakout? Is it when he said he screams, "I'm in love with her," uh-huh. or is it when Ryan says, "Hold on, I'll drive you home," and then he says, "What home?" 
and then oh. wobbles to oh. his truck. It's heartbreaking. One perfect wobbler. This guy should have gotten an Emmy for this episode. He will not fall down. He gave me the keys and let me drive you home. What home? And so much heartbreak in that. What home? And then gets into, and I don't know if we, we probably talked about this like months ago in episode one or two, but the most Luke truck in oh. the history of Orange County, the real place. That surfboard is welded onto the top of that truck. It's uh, an extended, lifted, every part of a truck that you can make bigger. It's one step away from Bigfoot. Like, <laughs> it's Bigfoot's <laughs> child, and it will one day grow into the uh, truck Bigfoot. He definitely bullied Seth by driving over Seth's car several times in middle school. It's hard when you're running away crying to then hit the button for all four stairs to yeah. come out so you can get into the front seat and drive well, away. You can't. Weirder is crying and then do an Olympic jump into your own truck. Just so everybody knows where Mike and I grew up, there were 17 of those in our high school parking uh, lot at all times. And they would just rev at each other <laughs> and see who could swing the metal nuts the furthest. Ryan wants to go after Luke, and Mercer's response is, you're acting like he didn't do anything wrong, which is the wrong read here. Saying I'm worried about Luke doesn't mean he gets a pass. But Mercer knows so little. I guess that she doesn't know he's driving around drunk. And that he's leaving soon at this point. Right. It's weird that he sat on that for so long. And I know that's the Ryan Atwood way. But just be like, he's moving. But also, this episode of The O.C. teaches us that there are various levels of driving drunk. All of them wrong. But there are All of them Luke. (laughs) He goes through every step. (laughs) What are you, Luke or Luke right now? Um, He drives away drunk, away from the party. When he says, (laughs) And then runs away (laughs) in his best running possible. But then... So that's one level of Luke drunk. There's another level. Well, he's up on the bluffs, just blasting the sea here, which is my magical music moment. It has to be Luke drinking. What the fuck other musical moment could you pick? <laughs> drinking and smashing bottles. He'll drink a sip, throw one, drink five sips, throw one. But you, if he's touching a bottle, it's getting thrown. And he's legitimately drunker, but I do think that there's a, like, I have imbibed more alcohol drunker, and there's a, I'm a more emotional drunker. Uh-huh. And he's a little bit of both. And he says... Ryan calls him, and Ryan's like, where are you? What are you doing? And he says, just having a few beers and rocking out in the park to Seeger, as if that's the huge. You know. You know, you know what's up. You know how us kids do in 2003? And uh, the bigger part why this is the musical moment is because Julie's singer of choice is one Bob Seeger. Luke did not know who Bob Seger was six months before, but now that's what he's going to get sad to. This would be like if my wife dumped me and I drive up to the top of the hill and just listen to the Baja Men. This is her music. You didn't even hear about it before her. Don't act like that's yours. I didn't know about this. The pot have been bumping. I just know that she loves the Baja Men. What's your favorite top five right now? Top five favorite Baja Men songs. Um, Who Let the Dogs Out? Okay, a little on the nose. Um. I'm blue, blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay. Uh, Steel drums. I am Seeger. Who is Seeger? That's three. Uh, four is question. Are we not men? No. Answer, no. We are Baja men. Their experimental face. <laughs> That's where they wore hats on their heads. <laughs> they were experimenting with hats on their heads. And number five is, of course, uh, Alto Men, where they played the low music. That's it. That's that was my top five. Glad that you did not ask me for a top ten. Even a fun, light episode. Even with all the drama, it's all fun, light drama. Except Luke has been bubbling and drinking in the background. Mm. 
This is why. This is the second moment where that proves that the OC is the greatest show of all time. So, what was the first one? Do you remember? No. Well, I think it was all the reactions to. Oh yeah, all the reactions to the proposal. But when the lighthouse is going off and everything is going well, we have a perfect cut to Luke mm-hmm. in a truck drinking beer, just Drink, in, openly drinking and driving. Just in case you thought that this may be like Kirsten thought it was that morning, an easy episode of the OC. It knows when to perfectly cut to Luke in the truck drinking beer. Buffy knew they lived on a Hellmouth, and that's why things went wrong so much. Does the OC also take place on a Hellmouth? Because if these were real people's lives, they're being punished for something. I think they suck up from like suburbs. So there are suburbs around the OC that are so boring uh-huh. because it all just feeds into this sort of Hellmouth. Yes. Also, this city has Julie Cooper. Right. I mean, how and many Kayla plot Nichols. lines? Yeah. How many plot lines do we want to trace back to those characters? Ten. Ten at least. Let's do ten. <laughs> so Luke, uh, and this I thought was judicious. We see him jump back in the car. He's calling Julie or Marissa or both of them. He's going to make one of them say goodbye to him. God damn it. He goes full on styles from Teen Wolf, uh, puts a brick on the pedal, and then rides on top, <laughs> surfs the waves <laughs> of the freeway. <laughs> sad! <laughs> and then we cut to Marissa and Ryan driving around looking sad because they heard his voice and be like, oh, he's not good. And then they come across his wreck, and he has the full brace on. There is the mark on his windshield where he obviously, his head smashed. Because when he hopped in his truck to start driving, I went, he didn't put a seatbelt on. And like proper science does, the second his head hit that windshield, he knew all of calculus for all of time. He Uh became the smartest mathematician there ever was. But nobody ever saw his British best friend. It wasn't real. Uh, And then... I think ultimately what this episode is teaching us is that if you can't get people to do what you want, get an injury and they will do what you want. That's how I've lived my goddamn life. <laughs> That's why you have ripped off so many of your fingers. But people do what I want. Go to the grocery store for me or my thumb's gone. Do it right now. I'm not as subtle as Luke. But as the person you're talking to says, I'm going to the grocery, you... What? <laughs> machete your finger off. You know what? Maybe no more hedge clippers for you. Well, stop giving them to me for Christmas. No, it's it's a tradition at this point. My last one did get broke. I don't know how. <laughs> On your metal thumb. My metal thumb. You got jack thumbs. You got a fat everything, but you got jack thumbs. Kiki obviously doesn't know Luke because she hears about it and she goes, that's so unlike him. What do you think of Seth's reaction? He has, Seth hears when Julie hears that uh-huh. Seth is wrapped, or I'm sorry, that uh, Luke has wrapped his car around a thing, probably because of, what was the last thing? What was what last thing? Why would Luke have... Oh, nobody was calling him back. So Julie here is like, oh. Oh, oh well, it's the proposal. The propo- and then he seekers out. No, that's why. But Kiki says, man, this is not like Luke. It's probably because of. The mom and dad and everything. Oh, because his dad yeah, was yeah, gay. Yeah. And Julie's like, oh, it's probably because his dad was gay. Yeah. And then Seth well, walks Julie up. goes further. She's like, bad dad, bad family. Bad dad. Like, what, a, what would it be like for a kid to have a bad parent? <laughs> that's insane. And Seth walks up. And he doesn't go full bore. No, he's, he's not, not like, Ryan Atwood. He's not like, yo, mom, your quote-unquote best friend slash future mother-in-law is a total soapy cunt. But he does glare at Julie. But I like that face, though. He's got that face. He's got like that sort of like open mouth, real, like nod, like you know what it means. And I think that hurts more. If you make a scene, even if it's just in front of Kirsten, that sort of gives Julie power. Uh-huh. But how Seth handled it. Even it though it stabs it's a, Julie, even though it's weak, he's a weak man. He's a he's Ross a weak, Geller. Weak man. I think that really hurt Julie. I hope so. It should, because she is fucking wrong, and it's not her fault. It is not her fault that Luke drove drunk. 
got in a car accident. But there are things she could have probably done differently. For sure. The Julie Cooper story. Order the razzmatazz, Jewel. So, Luke is in the hospital. If she had just ordered one razzmatazz. Just one goddamn razzmatazz. I think Luke and Marissa's goodbye is one of the most emotionally legit things this show has done. The hand kiss, all of their interactions, the I can't say I'm sorry, I can't really free, all of it, fucking. Ugh. Do you know why? Because uh, these characters, because of writing or acting, they always have that thing in the back of their brain where, like, I'm going to say what I think I need to say right now, but I also think that I can make it work later. I'm mm-hmm. saying this so I think that, because I, I think I can make it work later. But these two are legit saying, uh, life was crazy. Yeah. We did each other, we did each other bad, but this is it for sure. Right. And the writers know that at this point. Like, uh, Chris Carmichael, what's mm-hmm. Chris Carmack is gone. Right. So they're out and they like they get their closure. They both get their closure. And it, it it's one of the best scenes. It's I, so good. I don't want people to think that if you are missing closure from someone, first of all, you're not. Second of all, don't wrap your truck. I'll wrap my car around something right now. You point at the thing, my car is gonna be wrapped around in 30 seconds. Um but yes, I, I agree that the two of them, and these are the actors that you have to ask the most from. Uh-huh. These are the two worst? Probably. They well, so little is asked of them so often, and then when it is, you go, that's why. But I mean, like, th- like Holly. Who's uh, Holly? The guy, th- right, the guy who punched Jimmy. Like, they're much uh-huh. better actors. These are yeah. the two worst actors on the show. And yes, I agree. They pulled it off. Ma- they were probably legit sad they wouldn't be able to hang out no more. They're very pretty people. I want to stare at that pretty person. Do you think they banged it out in real life? For sure. More than any two characters on this show. They're very pretty. They're very pretty people. Do you have any awards outstanding? I do. I do real quick, if I may. Uh, Orange Couture. Uh, it's just watching Marissa and, and Summer hang out. And that's really always Orange Couture. Uh-huh. But the amount of uh, spaghetti tank tops. Yes. It's just all over the place. So often. Um, Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Oh, I got one, too. Let's see if it's the same one. You go first. Uh, we already sort of talked about it, but he brought a judge out of retirement because he's so Jimmy. <laughs> okay, that is a huge one. But mine is a specific quote. Uh, after the ho-hostess line, uh, Sandy and Kirsten go, we don't want to see this and run away, I guess. And then she goes, so do you think you'd sit in my section? And he goes, how do you, how do you make even restaurant speak sound so dirty? I, I'm, she says dirty. He was like, I was going to say untoward. Fuck you, Jimmy. She's trying to get down with you. And you're like, untoward. This is your Hercules. Just so you know. Yeah. Do you know who mine is? Kevin oh, Sorbo, you fuck. It's not Kevin Sorbo. You know, I was born in 1974. Therefore, my Hercules is... I don't know. Who started the movie Hercules in New York? I don't know. The Rock? <laughs> Kevin Sorbo? Uh, p- why don't you pour an out, uh, another one out, Kirsten? Did we do that one? Uh, no. She kills a bottle of champagne, and Sandy goes, that's cool, that's cool. I, I didn't want any of that. This is when they all think Kirsten's alcoholism is adorable, and Isn't they just keep hilarious? feeding into it. But yeah, she and rightfully so, right? She yeah. just saw the keymaster get engaged at the gatekeeper, so she's drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they are feeding into her disease. Anything else? Oh, and uh, Comics Connection, uh, Peter Johnson, the sure. guy who played the guy from the like the judges person. Uh-huh. Uh He played a businessman. Was in- he Hercules in New York? Arnold Schwarzenegger was Hercules in New York. Uh, He played a businessman in the movie The Dark Knight. Did he? Mm -hmm. Some sort of businessman. I paused the TV when uh, when we saw Seth's comic 
group. Uh-huh. Trying to pick out like a comic. Any of them? I thought that I think they were all made up comics. Why not grab like a shadow? It was Hawk? all Kid Sheena? Yeah. Um and then one more thing. Summer says to Seth, this is not an award. Summer says to Seth, I didn't know you could paint the wall. I thought you could only paint the ceiling. Does she mean Is that a jism joke? Come? I think that's I come. also thought come? But I didn't look it up. Did you look it up? Nah. I think I just, that just means he jerks off so much that he puts jism on the ceiling. But really, we don't know scientifically, you'd have to jerk off very few times a month to finally hit that ceiling. I feel like one of us knows non-scientifically what? that that's the case. I mean, scientific it is evidence-based. That's scientific. Mike, your balls are small and your wiener is small. Are you rapping right now? And your gut is fat and your eyebrows are huge. But the amount of jizz that you produce, I cannot make fun of. It is so much, and you hit the ceiling probably three times a night every night. That's SoundCloud rap. Can we, uh, uh, in between this episode and the next episode, can we look up paint the ceiling and try to figure out? Because I think she was insulting his amount of jism. She was saying too much jism? Or just that he jerks. Nobody has ever said too much jism. <laughs> Everybody's always like, more, more, more. Every uh, you know weird artisan bar that I've ever been to, nobody's like, too much jism. They're always like, not enough, please. Not enough. <clears throat> A sprinkle more of jism, please. Put more in, you monocled, mustachioed bartender. We want to say thank you to the Holophonics for that dope-ass music you give us. If you want more of us, check out your pop filter.com you want to help us out throw a slash amazon in there that's your new amazon bookmark that help us fuck jeff bezos is this gonna be one of those things where you do them all and i do none jism no ryan what how what are other ways that can help us out i don't want to do that one what do you want to fucking do i don't know something about jism at least your pop filter.com slash patreon is the one ryan doesn't want to do oh i can do that one pick a tier help us out you'll get extra bonus things what do you want to do um, social media? Social media. Twitter.com. Follow us. We're at Your Pop Filter. You do that. And here's the cool thing. It's double jism. One, <laughs> every other tweet, I would say, is about jism. Follow us at YourPopFilter.com. And the other one will make you jism. We, will, we promise orgasms if you follow us on Twitter. That's our only social media, except for our Instagram coming soon. Let's make it Instagram all of jism art. Yeah? That's the only way I do, People baby. People love it. Yeah, you're very, uh, very Polykian. But there's fractals. Everybody says Pollock like it's ha, 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 ha. He did things nobody else could do with fractals. I know. People don't talk about the fractals enough. But, like, I'm learning from him, but building on it, you know? Oh, I'm not sure. relying on that. I am no. doing more than that. You're definitely, like, Pollock meets Rothko right. plus you. It's well, this crazy thing. I mean, part of it's the weird bump. In my butt. So it's Polyp meets Rothko. But I am doing it. You're doing it, doing it, doing it again. Hey. Give me another one. You want to see more visuals of this? Yeah. YouTube, your pop filter. There's stuff there. Also, yeah, search for pop filter, your pop filter on YouTube. Or go to Tumblr, where there is no more porn. Not anymore, friend. Does that fuck you up? Does that fuck up your uh, daily regime? Well, yeah, because I'm like, I'm just looking at the thoughts of people. What do you mean? What else do you go there for? I love I gifts. Hate, I hate I hate how you speak on podcasts. Like you sound like a fucking twerp. But uh, how you speak when you are just cruising the internet endlessly delights me. Hello, kind sir. I did recently watch your Spider Verse movie. You're halfway in between like uh, the Mad Hatter, <laughs> and then the other half is like a pervert who molests children who is dressed like the Mad Hatter. You're right in that line. I, I hit love it. All the quadrants of people. 
If you like us, what should you do on Mondays, Ryan? On Monday, you should probably make sure that you are subscribed to Movie of the Year, where Mike and I have to pretend that we are film scholar, professional, teacher, asshole, nerds, smart. We are smart? Yes. Nailed it. Better than this. Come on, do you admit that it's a better show than this? No, I will never admit that. To my grave, I shan't admit that. Did you even say the name of the show? Movie of the Year. Movie of the Year, where we watch a movie and pick the any best movie given year. Oh, wow. Movie Frank yeah, Greg. Correct me, dude. Fucking correct me. On Tuesdays, this very Tuesday, unless he was late, as he so often is. Tlaitler talking Tlaitler? Tlaitler talking Tlaitler, where our pal Tlaitler talks about other Tlaitlers. Thursday, of course, is this very show. Yeah, I already know that, baby. Fridays, the superhero hour hour, where all those names we talked about. It is friend Greg. It is Tlaitler. It's Ryan and myself watching and reviewing every single comic book TV show. We've been trying to make OCD the bread and Moody the butter. Mm-hmm. But superhero hour hour is the bread and butter. Uh, I thought you were going to say the jam. Toast and jam? No. There's no jam about that. Did you say toe jam? The toe jam and the toast and jam. It's the toe jam of the dirty foot. The How do you get in touch with us? If you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple of ways. If you think that the Nana was a smoking hot bitch and not what Mike said, a dirty Jew, then contact us. Uh, email us at contact at yourpotfilter.com. Write us an email, and we will read it on the air. Or if you want to scream at Ryan for saying the thing he just said, give us a little ring-a-ding-ding at one five six two drdjpop That's one five six two doctor dj pop That's a robot associate. He'll put your voice on this show. His left arm is a... And his right arm is a... Piece of... Wait, hold on, hold on. Ask me again. One, his left arm is a... Um, one of those uh, Jewish necklaces. One five six two Doctor DJ Pop, get your That's voice not offensive. on here. In his right arm is a um Nazi symbol. Next week, Kiki is Julie's maid of honor, and she and Marissa are throwing the wedding shower. Meanwhile, Teresa asks Sandy for help, and Seth bombs it with Summer's dad. Welcome to Portland, bitch. California. <laughs>